0: On today's episode of Double Down Trent, we are recapping last week's action in college football. I'll give you guys a spoiler alert: the model must be so mad that he went four and one in his picks and didn't even gain a single game on the man. I also went four and one. I'm eight and two over my last ten. Some would call that a sharp better. Anyway, we're looking ahead this week. We're calling this week a focus on the Big Ten with a splash of SEC as we see if Ohio State and Penn State can stay hot. Then we're on to Bo Nix and Auburn as they take on Florida. And in our second segment, we are focusing on the NFL. Once again, we welcome back our own NFL insider, Coulter, as we look back at the week of underdog outright wins and then we make our picks for week number five in the NFL. Stay tuned for 51 double down Trent. you might want to tune in talking gambling and sports predicting who might win pop culture to
1: movies let's start up the combo ryan and aaron man versus the motto keep it authentic and it's always live so competitive so you know it's always hype make sure you subscribe trust you don't want to miss going all in here on double down Trent. hey
0: yeah double down Trent. let's go This is Double Down Trent. All right. Welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host, as always. Once again, we are welcoming back my co-host, Aaron, a.k.a. The Model. Now, Air, did you happen to catch the Nationals last night?
1: You know, I think the best $20 I ever spent was on MLB radio, where I could listen to the Nats game with their own announcers, the whole baseball season, it has been one of the best things for me. It was an amazing game. I was down, you know, what, eight innings, things were not looking good for the Nats. And then suddenly, suddenly the dumpster fire went away. They started hitting, they got some nice little broken bat singles. Uh, Soto came up huge. And then the error by the rookie outfielder for Milwaukee was just gold.
0: Yeah, it was unbelievable. Uh, You know, Scherzer just didn't have his stuff. He gives up a two run home run to the second batter of the game. And I think the momentum obviously got drained out of the stadium. I think every Nats fan was just like, here we go again. Uh, But that, that eighth inning was unbelievable. It was just, uh, you know, it's hard to fault the the right fielder. It's his first career error. You know, you got to make that play, but you know, I I think even still that game was going to get tied up regardless of if he fueled that ball on the, on the first bounce, but man, what a comeback. Uh, I live about a block from the stadium. We heard it from inside the building. AK was like, what the hell was that noise? She heard the crowd, the fireworks. It was electric. So, you know, we're going to see what happens. We're going to see what happens as they play the Dodgers, but how are you feeling about that series?
1: Uh, I'm just so excited that they're able to move on and get some more baseball. I know the next game, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Next game uh, happens tomorrow on a Thursday night. Can't wait for that to come. The radio announcers mentioned it a couple times that the the Nationals crowd was just trying to get the team up and excited for anything. So even, you know, there was not a whole lot of offense from the Nats. Even at a like a full count, the, the crowd was really getting going. And the, the announcers were saying that, that they were just looking for any spark and they finally got it.
0: Yeah, I mean, Zinning came with a clutch hit. Soto just freaking unbelievable that he's 20 years old, and now we're on to the Dodgers. So we'll see what happens with that series. Should be fun. Bring on the Dodgers. Bring it on. All right, let's get back to business. It was a pretty good week of games uh, for college football. A lot of action. The man is just seeing the board right now. Okay, <laughs> let me just give a little spoiler to the listeners. I am eight and two over my last ten. That qualifies me as a sharp gambler, my friend. And you are not the only one who's doing well. So I will
1: admit that we had seven out of our 14 listener participant participants also went four and one. So overall, the listeners had a phenomenal week last week, probably one of the best we've ever had.
0: Yeah. And I'm not going to spoil uh, the standings and the reveal how everyone did. But uh, to our listener, Jojo, who's playing along. Can you fucking lose, please? Me and you are going battling up for top spot here. I go four and one. I look at Jojo four and one again. I'm like, Jesus, Jojo.
1: It's unbelievable. So before we even get into standings, let me just do a little bit of business. Uh, you can always find the podcast on Apple Podcast, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Come check us out on social media. We're on Twitter at Double Down Corp and on Instagram at Double Down Trent. We've really upped our social media presence and are starting to tweet more often, uh, putting out our picks. All good stuff. Although stuff didn't go very well last week. Side note. Uh, also, our website. Uh, come join the the listener uh, contest. doubledowntrent.com. You can go man versus model and pick some NFL games and come along for the ride.
0: Yes, sir. So follow us on Twitter. Uh, go to doubledowntrent.com, Make your picks. Play along with us. Uh, it's been a pretty fun season so far. I like the action that we've got for this week's game. But let's uh, let's go into last week because it was a pretty eventful week of games. So let's start off and review, uh, the picks we made last week.
1: Yep. So we had five picks like we've been doing all year. We're picking five games against the spread, a bunch of good games. Our first game that we had was Nebraska was home against a visiting Ohio state team, Nebraska plus 17 Ohio state minus 17. You and I were both on the same page here. We had taken Ohio state minus 17 and
0: boy, did they roll. Holy shit, man. That game was over from like the first snap That game, you know, obviously the spread was huge. So you didn't think Nebraska was going to be able to hang with them. But I think a lot of people, especially the Nebraska fans thought this was going to be their chance to show that they belong. And, you know, Scott Frost has got his program building. That game was over before it began. Uh, Ohio state was so much faster. They just had better athletes on the field. I mean, it looked like, you know, one A versus one double. It was 38 to nothing at halftime. I mean, that game was over, not even close. Ohio State, man, they look unbelievable right now. You got to like what you're seeing if you're a Buckeye fan. Justin Fields, I've been saying it. He is hot, man. He is the real deal. I kind of wish I had picked him in my uh, Heisman Futures picks because, you know, Trevor Lawrence, like we've said before, he's kind of fading a little bit. Two is obviously in the picture. He's going to have a hell of a season once again. But, man, Justin Fields look good. Well, and in, just in this game,
1: he went 15 for 21, 200 yards, uh, three touchdowns. And then he got another touchdown on the ground. He has just been doing it all. And their offense looks unstoppable.
0: Yeah. I'm very curious to see, you know, how this rest of the season plays out for them. Uh, I, you know, obviously they're going to, I think it looks like they're going to run away with the fucking big 10, but yeah, I can't see a scenario where they don't make the playoffs. So I'm really curious to see how they do. Yeah. We'll see.
1: I think they have a couple tougher games coming up. I know they miss Iowa, but I think they do have obviously Michigan and I think they have Wisconsin as well. So those would be two that we'll have to keep our eye on. And not to mention this coming weekend, uh, which we'll talk about in a sec, Yeah, but they have Michigan State uh, coming into town. So not that that spread is close, but we'll see if that they can actually show up and play we a good game for Michigan see, State. my friend. Okay. So our second game for last week, Notre Dame was home against a visiting Virginia team. Notre Dame was favored by eleven and a half. and we differed on this one. I had taken Notre Dame to cover. You had taken Virginia to cover. I ended up pulling that one out. Notre Dame ended up playing pretty well. It was a, it was a close game, and Notre Dame ended up pulling away in the second half. Notre Dame won 35-20 to 20. at halftime. They were actually trailing.
0: Yeah, I was watching this game, and I thought Virginia was going to do enough to cover. They were hanging around the entire game. Uh, I was actually more impressed with Notre Dame than I thought I was going to be. I, I was a little down on them from previous weeks. Um, but obviously the home game, that was a good win for them. They pulled away at the end. At one point I was watching it. And I think it spread at, or the difference in the spread was 11 points at one point in the fourth quarter. And I was like, this is going to come down really close. But then obviously Notre Dame ran away with it. So tough loss, but Hey, I'm hot. Otherwise
1: you indeed. And just looking ahead for a second, just on Notre Dame, you know, I could very well see them going undefeated the rest of the season. The, there are a couple games that kind of pop up that are maybe, a challenge they have uh usc their home um they are at michigan but michigan to me is not a team that that we've kind of seen in the past they have what i think is a joke of virginia tech who i am against duke navy boston college and stanford all teams that are are either down dealing with injuries etc so i wouldn't be surprised if you see uh notre dame coming as a one loss team here
0: yeah The only problem, and and I've been saying this for a long time, and the Notre Dame purists disagree, they're going to falter from not being in a power conference. Because if you look at it, how are they going to stack up against any of these SEC teams that are either going to be undefeated or one loss? Like, they just can't stack up with with Auburn, LSU, Georgia, and Alabama. Those four teams are so much better. You've got Ohio State, who's a better team. So I I just don't see how one loss Notre Dame team can make the playoff if Let's say even all those SEC teams have one loss. There's no way they're jumping any one of those teams, and they're definitely not going to jump Ohio State.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting to watch over the rest of the year. Yeah. All right, our third game from last week, we had Oklahoma was a huge home favorite. They were favored by 27 points. They were going up up against Texas Tech. You and I were on the same page again. We had both taken Oklahoma minus 27, and sure enough, they came through here.
0: Yeah. And that was a team I had just left off my list because I want to talk about them here. Yet another team that Notre Dame is going to have to leapfrog, and I just don't see that happening either. Jalen Hurts, man, he is playing out of his mind. That was your future pick for the Heisman, so good job on you. That's looking like it's got some serious value. Um, he's playing incredible, and you know everyone thought he had the leadership at Alabama. He had the the playmaking ability with his feet. Obviously, we know he's a, an athlete, but he looks awesome throwing the ball. And this was a game that I turned on early. And I mean, this was another one that wasn't even close. Even with the giant spread, it was really never even in question. Like they rolled over this team easy. So they're another team that you got to watch for that, that can put up a shit ton of points.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. They, they are at Kansas this weekend too, so that you can imagine that's going to be another total blowout. The game that the, we all have circled on our calendar is not this, this weekend, but next weekend, it's going to be Texas in the cotton bowl. That will be the big one to see if they can actually get challenged. Otherwise I think they go uh, pretty well the rest of the year.
0: So the red river uh, shootouts next week.
1: It is. Yes, it is October 12th. So not this coming Hell weekend, yeah. but next weekend.
0: I love how that game is a little earlier in the calendar than all the big matchup and like rivalry weekends at the end of the season. It just gives a little extra juice for a midseason game. It's exactly what we need. Yeah. All right. Our fourth game
1: was a, just a brutal one for me. We had Auburn home against Mississippi state. I had taken Mississippi state plus 11. You had taken Auburn minus 11 boy. Oh boy. Did you cover that and cover that easy? What were you thinking? My friend, I mean, this game wasn't even close. Yikes. My, I think my model had this, what something like a one point game? Yeah. Goodness gracious. It was 42 to
0: nine at halftime. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, listen, Auburn is piping hot, red hot. Mark Sanchez level hot. It's just, <laughs> fucking, that's it. That's a nice throwback to an old inside joke. I have with some friends. Anyway, Bo Nix looks like he belongs to, I mean, these teams all of a sudden have quarterbacks. You look at LSU and Auburn, They've got some really fucking good quarterbacks who can throw the ball. That was Bo Nix's best game of the year, considering that he even had that comeback against uh, Oregon to start the season. He's looking like an unstoppable quarterback at this point. He's obviously, you know, he's got to protect the ball a little bit better. He's got to control, you know, his body a little bit better when he's running. But he looks incredible. Auburn looks like a fucking tough out right now. And I'm really curious to see how this goes down uh, the rest of the season. I've got the big matchup. Georgia Auburn circled. It's going to be something, man. That'll be a great one. Yeah. Bo Nix really
1: showed up 16 for 21, 300 yards, two touchdowns just played extremely well. We're going to be talking about him again in a little bit with uh, the big matchup this coming weekend, Auburn, Florida. But yeah, that was a phenomenal game by him. They absolutely rolled Mississippi state and boy was the model just absolutely off on that one.
0: Hey man, it happens. It happens.
1: All right. Our last game from uh, last week, Washington was home against USC. Washington was favored by nine and a half. You and I, again, were both on the same page. We both took Washington and they pretty easily uh, covered here. Washington ended up winning 28 to 14.
0: Yeah. Washington's a good team, man. I said, Chris Peterson's a hell of a coach. Uh, they're, they're looking like a really good squad that pack 12 though. They're, they're done, man. They're not even going to get a team into the playoff. I think they've got nope. no shot now. You know, USC knocks off Utah, Washington knocks off USC. They're just cannibalizing themselves. And that's going to be a unfortunate conference that gets completely left out.
1: They're going to get completely left out. I think the the big miss for them was when this crazy Cal Washington game happened, that there was lightning, there was weather delayed multiple times and Cal ended up eking it out by, I think one point, just totally, totally crazy. I think Washington will get punished for that. And I think that's why they're going to totally miss. I yeah, I'd really like to see them do well the rest of the year, although I would not like to see them do well against Utah, which we have that matchup coming up <laughs> in a couple of weeks. so we'll we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah, we shall see some pretty good week of action last week. Uh, I like the games that we got this week, so let the listeners know what we're doing with our our selections of games this week.
1: So we are doing what I call Big Ten week with a splash of SEC. But before we even get to the games, let me just kind of go through less understandings and give some shout outs to everyone who went four and one. So shout out Jojo. Jojo. The man. Good job by you. Yes, sir. Graham Lenny the Legend, the model, me, and Colorado <laughs> Rocky seven out of 14 listeners we all went four and one so it was by far the best week from the listeners so here are our current standings before we get into the games this week are you ready
0: hit me with them baby
1: in first place we have jojo 72 percent accuracy he has 18 wins seven losses good JoJo. lord someone slow him down jojo can you
0: please fucking lose for me man <laughs>
1: You're, you're right there step-by-step step with him. I can't believe it. So you are a close second. You are at 67% accuracy, second place. You are 18 wins, nine losses. You're right there, my friend.
0: That's right, baby. Seeing the board clearly.
1: Okay. In third place, we have a tie. Uh, Graham and Shepdog are both at 60% accuracy. In fifth place, we also have a tie. Lenny and The Legend are at 56% accuracy. In seventh place, we have a tie, Luann and the model. That's right, Luann. That's <laughs> right. 52% accuracy. We are tied. I will note Luann was one of the few listeners last week who did not go 4-1, therefore letting me catch her. I'm stoked about that, and I'm excited to pass her this coming weekend. Wow, taking shots at my mom. Br- bring, right. it. <laughs> bring it, Luann. In ninth place, we have a tie, Little Model, AK, and Colorado Rocky, all hovering very close to 50%. They're all at 48% accuracy. Mrs. Model is at 12th place, 37%. Dumb Man 47 really struggling with 33%. And then Deke Buff in last, 32% accuracy.
0: So let me ask you a question here How demoralizing must it be when you go four and one and don't even pick up any ground on me? <laughs> You know I'm I'm gonna be optimistic for just a second,
1: which is so unlike me and just say I didn't lose any ground either. How about that?
0: All right, that's a glass half full uh, look for you there but I'm just seeing the board so clearly right now full eye, clear clear eyes, full heart can't lose baby. I'm going with my Friday night lights. Oh uh, that's a great series by the way. Yeah, so eight and two in my last 10. I just want to put that out there for the listeners eight and two in my last 10. You might want to jump on board folks.
1: Just unstoppable. All right. So for this week, we have a bunch of big 10 games with a splash of sec. Our first game, we are going to state college. We're going to Penn state huge favorite 27 and a half. They are playing a visiting Purdue team. Who are you going with? And before you even give your pick, let me give you a quick side note. Purdue is dealing with some injuries. Their starting quarterback is out and at their star receiver, is also out. So to me, it's something very much to keep in mind.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised Penn state is the 12th ranked team in the country right now, but they're coming off an absolute beatdown of the Maryland Terps 59 to nothing. I mean, that's embarrassing. Maryland has not proven to be a good addition to the big 10 at all. Oof. They're just, they look like they do not belong. So that was my shot at Maryland uh, to this game. Now we're back in Happy Valley. That's a huge win. That's a tough place to play. Purdue, as you said, has some injuries. I know this is a big spread, but I've been pretty good with these big spread covers here. I am absolutely taking Penn State to cover this, and I don't even think the spread is going to be close. I think this is going to be more like a 35-40 point win.
1: Yep. I love where the head's at. My model currently has this game as a 25-point win by Penn State, and that was assuming that the starting quarterback and starting receiver were going to play for Purdue. I quickly overruled that when I had heard that news, so I'm also right there alongside you. I'm taking Penn State minus 27 and a half. I agree. I think this is going to be a 30-plus point win, and I don't think it's going to be close. Yeah, I agree. All right, our next game is our splash of SEC before we get to back to Big Ten. <laughs> Florida is playing Auburn. Florida is the underdog plus three. Auburn is the favorite minus three. Who are you taking?
0: Now, if people have been listening, I have written Florida off. They are done. Yeah. Especially because they're starting Kyle Trask at quarterback. Okay. Now he probably eventually will turn out to be a fine quarterback. (laughs) However, he is walking into a fucking buzzsaw this weekend I know the game is in Florida. It's a tough place to play, but we just went over how good Bo Nix played. That team is hot. I I just am so down on Florida that I can't see them even competing this game. Not only am I taking Auburn, this is my guarantee. This is a gold oh. stamp. Put it in the palm. <laughs> Ryan Casley guarantee Auburn is covering this three, and it's not even going to be close either.
1: Oh man. I wish I could go against you here and just go straight up against the Ryan Casley guarantee, but I, I cannot, I am 100% in agreement with you. My model has this game as close though. I'm overruling the model yet again. My model has this game as a Florida loss by only a point and a half. I just don't see it. I see this as something that Auburn has all the momentum. They've been playing extremely well. Florida has their backup quarterback here. Who's been playing good enough, kind of continuing them as an undefeated team. I just don't see it. I'm all over Auburn here at minus three, and I am not even second-guessing that pick.
0: Yeah, and Florida, talk about a fucking tough stretch of games here. Florida right now is the 10th-ranked team in the country, which, in my opinion, is a little high for them. They play against Auburn this week. Yeah. They go to LSU the next week. They get— a break with South Carolina. And then they play Georgia in four straight weeks. Yeah. That's brutal. Lucky to go one in three in that stretch. So goodbye, Florida.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right. Our next game, we are back to big 10 baby back for the rest of the way. We have Michigan home as a favorite against a visiting Iowa team. My darlings, who are you going with? Are you going Michigan minus three and a half? Or are you going
0: Iowa plus three and a half okay i know this is a segment that we do and you have to ask me who i'm gonna pick you have to it's part of what we're doing here yeah there is no way no (laughs) way i'm picking michigan here i don't even know how they are still ranked they are an embarrassment OK, they are so lucky that they played Rutgers last week because I can fucking beat Rutgers under center. OK, if I strapped up the pads and played quarterback on any fucking team, we could beat Rutgers. So I don't want to even consider that game. That game is thrown out of the window. You want to say they bounced back. They found their mojo. No fucking way. This team is so bad. Harbaugh sucks. OK, he is way out of his league. He's going to get fired at the end of this year. Iowa is a scrappy fucking team. They're 14th overall in the country. Give me Iowa, and I'm not even thinking twice. I hate to say it, but we are in agreement yet again. Jesus. So the the model has
1: this as a near coin flip game. So I am all over Iowa plus three and a half here. Um, I'm actually looking at the current lines. It looks like this this game opened at uh, four and a half or five. Uh, Michigan favored, but it's bet down all the way to three and a half or three, depending on where you look. It just seems like a lot of folks are on Iowa and I tend to agree with them. So I really like Iowa in the spot. I would not be shocked if, to see them come out with the win. And given that I hold a futures bet on them for winning the big 10 West, I'm sure hoping that they come through here.
0: Yeah. This'd be big for you. I just, I can't see them performing here at Michigan. They they've struggled this season mightily. And Iowa's a really good team. They're not quite on the level of Wisconsin, but they're a good fucking team. So I think this is not even going to be an issue here. Totally agree. All right. The next big 10 game we go
1: to, we're going back to Nebraska. Nebraska is home yet again against a visiting Northwestern team. Nebraska favored in this one, minus seven and a half Northwestern underdog plus seven and a half. You going with those uh, Northwestern Wildcats or are you going back to the Cornhuskers?
0: You know, it's going to be really hard for Nebraska to come back after that absolute ass kicking. I mean, they got their shit pushed in. That's how bad it was. Oh, yeah. Having said that, I think they bounced back. Just because Northwestern, they're not that good of a team. Uh, this This is a classic game where if you're Nebraska, you don't even watch the film of that Ohio State game. You just throw it out completely. There's no sense in even reviewing that and bringing it back up throw it out of the window, act like it didn't even fucking happen. They're a pretty good team. Uh, I know Ohio state made them look like children, but you know, Northwestern, I'm sorry. I'm not buying them. They were hot a couple years ago. They're not this year. I'm taking the corn to cover.
1: Yep. And yet again, we agree. Uh, my model has this game as Nebraska winning by about eight and a half points, one point different than the spread we're seeing. It seems like this is going to be a really tight game. I wouldn't be surprised if, I'd be curious to know what the over under here is. I bet it's really low because I think both offenses have been struggling for much of the year. Um, But I am hopeful that Nebraska can come through here and cover by more than seven and a half. And I expect this to be a close game with them eking it out at the very end.
0: Yeah. We'll see what happens here. I mean, Scott Frost, if he's going to be any kind of a real coach here, he's got to bounce back and have a a really good win here. Not just a like eke it out win. you got to like come out here and just stomp Northwestern. So We'll see what happens. Okay. All right, buddy.
1: Last game. Last game. We are totally matching so far, but in the last game, we shall see if that continues. Ohio state is home against visiting Michigan state team. Ohio state's favored by 20 Michigan, a big underdog. Who are you taking? Are you taking those Buckeyes or are you going to take Sparty?
0: Listen, we just talked about the Ohio state Nebraska game a couple of times already. We said how good Justin Fields looks. We said how good that offense looks. Now, my hesitation in this game, Michigan State is one of those scrappy teams. They play really good defense. They're really a good solid, defense. fundamental team. They've always been under D'Antoni. So, I, you know, that kind of gives me worry. 20 is a massive spread. Having said that again, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am all aboard the Justin Fields train. I just... Can't see that offense faltering. I know 20 is a lot, but I said 17 was a lot last week against Nebraska. Granted, I think Michigan State is a better team than Nebraska, but this game is in Ohio State. That place is going to be bumping. It's a fucking conference game. Michigan, or not Michigan, excuse me, Michigan State has got a shot. They've got to come out early and stick it to Ohio state. But Ohio state's offense is so prolific right now. I can just see them throwing up another giant number on the scoreboard and uh, covering that big number of 20.
1: Yeah. It wouldn't shock me for a second based on the kind of offense they've put together. I do know Michigan state has had a phenomenal defense in the past. So just the, the amount of points they've given up per game this year, they've given up seven, seven, no, sorry, 10, another 10. And then last week they gave up a whopping 31 to Indiana. I'm expecting better out of them. I'm, I'm hopeful here. I think the model is telling me that this game is going to be closer than people think. I like Michigan state here. Plus 20. I don't think they have any chance of winning. I just hope they, they, they cover here and look at the, look at the head uh, schedule for Michigan state. They have Ohio state this weekend Wisconsin next weekend Ooh. and then Penn State the following weekend three Damn. huge games in a row I think they go at least at least one and two if not oh and three.
0: In all three of those. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. I wouldn't be shocked to see an 0 and 3 either. You know, Ohio State's always been the one team in the Big Ten that kind of bucks the tradition. Like when I think of Big Ten football, I think of Wisconsin. I think of Penn State. I think of these like big offensive lines, heavy run game type teams. But, you know, Ohio State, they've got that high flying offense under Ryan Day. I'm just, right now, I, I'm watching Justin Fields play. I think I've watched every game of Ohio State this year. He just looks like he is a fucking real deal quarterback. Um, I, it, something about him I'm really drawn to. I think he's a uh, he's a really good player, and I just 20s a lot of points. But their offense has shown that they can come out and just absolutely take over a game. They can score quickly and they can score in bunches. So, I'm riding the Buckeyes, man. Riding them. All right, that's the one area
1: that we disagree this week. So when I go five and zero, and you go four and one, let that
0: be a memory to you. Please, son. Please. <laughs> All right. Um, all right, man. That's a good segment.
1: I want to review two bets that I'm uh, making. I haven't tweeted yet the top five picks that, uh, my model is seeing for this coming weekend. It did not go very, very well last week. I think my model went one in four in the top five picks that I'd put out. So that just absolutely stings, but we're (laughs) going to keep firing my friend. That's (laughs) it. It's not a once and done thing. No, it's not. You got to keep betting, man. So the two that I want to call it in the podcast right here, the first one I really like is Memphis minus 14 at Louisiana Monroe. So this is a game that Memphis has been playing well all year. My model has this game as more than a three touchdown win by Memphis. So I actually love that. If you can get them at minus 14, it looks like looking at current lines, it's already moved up to minus 14 and a half. So it's already started moving, but I was able to sneak a 14 in there, which is great. My second game that I actually love is Oklahoma State at Texas Tech. So I got this line at minus eight and a half. My model has this as a near three touchdown win for Oklahoma State over Texas Tech. If we look currently, the lines are that right around minus 10. So it's already drifted up from minus eight to minus 10. So I'm liking the closing line value I'm getting on that. So those are the two of a couple of bets that I've made for this coming weekend, but those are the two that I want to call out. I'll put a, three more on our Twitter account. Um, I'll do that sometime between now and Friday um, so that the folks can see what my next five are. And I'm damn hopeful that they do better than one and four, which was a horrendous <laughs> start for me last week.
0: You know what those are first week tweeting out the games, okay? So just like picking the games, when we tweet out the games, it's a little different. It's like in the next segment that we're gonna do. It's very hard to narrow it down on two very specific games, but I like those games. Louisiana Monroe, we always gotta bet against them, man. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> that's
1: that's a big one. Of course we do. <laughs>
0: Uh, all right, Mr. Model. Let's. Uh, we'll be sticking around for our second segment here, where we're looking at the NFL. Uh, I'm looking forward to another massive week here. I know I'm going five and zero, so you know we'll see how you do. We're sh- gonna go four and one. We <laughs> shall see. You need to make up some ground on JoJo to see JoJo. If you can take that first place back. JoJo, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Please lose a game for me, will you? Come on. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. All right, everyone, stick around for part two of the NFL segment. for our second segment we are once again covering NFL we are welcoming back onto the show our own NFL insider Coulter what's going on man I'm
2: doing pretty good uh, I got my picks right finally on the podcast last week so I should be playing a little catch-up to you in the model thankfully uh, unfortunately I got it right in the podcast but did not get it right in the pool but I, I think a lot of people got blitzed by this uh what do we want to call week four Armageddon for favorites <laughs> it yeah. was a Absolute bloodbath for uh, anybody that had a that was a favorite to win the game last week. There was 15 games, and I think 11 of the underdogs uh, covered, and eight of them won straight up. It was just a disaster.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. At least you came through on your picks here on the podcast, so you proved to the listeners you do know what you're talking about. You still are holding on to second place in our pool, but uh, you know we just can't seem to tie it all together where we get the pod picks and the pool picks right. That's the goal today. We're going to get them both right. Let's see it. So, Mr. Model, how are you feeling about your picks? I'm
1: feeling really good this week. I feel like we're all going to come together, and not only the picks are going to come in the pool, but the picks are going to come here as well.
0: All right, man. I like it. So we're going to discuss a little bit of the models analysis that we've got for the NFL picks this week, but we got to cover week four. It was absolutely insane. So we saw a ton of underdogs cover last week. It was out of bounds crazy how many fucking underdogs covered not even just covered but one outright I mean Colter how can we even see that coming Lions Bills Panthers Titans Bucks
2: Browns Raiders Jags Saints Eagles all covered Detroit Buffalo did not win their games outright but they got the moral victories all right at home beating or uh, beating the spread I should say not beating the teams but they covered the spread against the two best teams in the league and that's New England and Kansas City so I gotta like Buffalo and Detroit going forward they really showed me a lot those are two teams I I watched both those games pretty closely. I thought Buffalo was going to get blown out. They ended up holding, holding it together with Matt Barkley. I was shocked. And uh, luckily won that game with the Buffalo pick lost with the Detroit pick though. I had Kansas city to cover that spread.
0: Yeah. Buffalo. I I was surprised by them and we knew their defense was really good. But once uh, Josh Allen goes down, I'm like, all right, they're done. But like you said, Barkley hung in there. Who fucking knew Barkley was even still in the league. I think it's something to
2: keep an eye on is New England. Their injuries are just really adding up. They're missing a fullback. They're missing their center. They're now, Gostowski's on the IR, I saw, so they're now missing yep. their kicker. This is a team that's going to struggle to gain margin uh, going forward, and public will continue to bet on them and bet their spread all the way through the roof on some of these games, including this weekend against the Redskins. So something something to keep an eye on. This is not your father's Patriots team. This is a team that's, they're going to struggle on offense. Their defense is obviously historically great, but this is not a team that's going to be throwing up a lot of 40 point days. At least I don't think.
0: Yeah. And Mr. Model, I got to, got to get your opinion here. Okay. Because we tweeted out a four team money line parlay that I made and I picked just the favorites, the the biggest favorites of the week thinking, how could this possibly not hit? So you want to hear who I picked? I do. I went with the Patriots, minus 360 against the Bills. I went with the Colts, minus 260 against the Raiders. Uh I took the Texans, minus 245 against Carolina. And I took the Chargers, minus 1,000. I actually don't even remember who the fuck they played. Dolphins. Dolphins, thank you. And I lost two of those picks. (laughs) I didn't even come close to hitting that Moneyline Parlay. And you also forgot to
2: add in there the Bucks screwed everybody's survivor pool. I mean, they were a plus 10 uh, dog. When that goes – when a plus 10 dog wins straight up, you know it's kind of a weird day. And then you have the disaster in Mile High, which you know I cashed in on, on this podcast and in the pool. But it obviously killed my soul to see my Broncos finally eliminated from the playoffs. And they're out of contention.
0: We should, should not talk about them Yeah. They're, they're in trouble. But they got struck by the Gardner magic, man. Minshew mania.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it was just like one of those days where it just the underdogs just kept winning. And when the Bucks won and then we mounted our comeback, I was like, all right, thank God. Like at least one of the favorites will win straight up, but we won't cover. So this is perfect. I'll win the spread and my team will win. And then, of course, Gardner Minshew happened. So,
1: yeah. I, I can't even remember what it was at halftime. Well, I think it was like 17-6, Broncos leading at halftime. And they were absolutely cruising, just dominating nearly every Phase of the game, and then second half, they came out as a totally different team, had a couple injuries, and just got totally rolled.
2: Yeah, I, as I mentioned on the pod last week, and I'll keep banging this drum until everybody in America agrees with me this is a team that does not have an owner, and it comes from the top down. You see with the New York Knicks in basketball, why doesn't that team win? It has nothing to do with what's going on on the court. The X's and O's throw that out the window. It is ownership, Redskins, same way, a disastrous owner. They haven't been in the playoffs in since the beginning part of this decade, it happens. Broncos don't have an owner. They don't have a vision. It's a team that's going to be in the gutter for a while until they resolve that problem.
0: Yeah. And you made a good segue to the Redskins, because I would be remiss not to talk about my boy, Daniel Jones and the absolute stomping we put down on the Redskins. Now, granted the Redskins are in shambles as well. And we're going to have to bring this up when we revisit the first coach to get fired, but man, they looked really bad. And for comparison's sake, It was really interesting to see Dwayne Haskins get in that game because you guys know on the podcast, I wanted Dwayne Haskins. I thought the Giants should have picked him and clearly he's just not ready yet. I mean, he looked like night and day compared to Daniel Jones and he actually made the Giants defense look amazing. I mean, we got turnovers. We were getting sacks. It was, it was ridiculous. So I don't even know what's happening in Washington. I don't know if Haskins just simply needs more time, but Jay Gruden has got to be on the fucking hot seat this week.
2: Yeah, Jay Gruden is looking to be the first coach fired. Dan Quinn is challenging Atlanta, and you have to consider Bill O'Brien on the hot seat. You mentioned losing that Texans bet earlier. Uh, That performance on Sunday was atrocious, and they just cannot protect Deshaun Watson, who's, I would say, a top-five asset in the NFL. Those are the the three, and Gruden is obviously leading the way, and I think his owner, as I just mentioned, is the most unstable, so he's probably the first to go. I don't see uh, Blank firing Quinn midseason, but it could happen. Atlanta is really reeling. Uh, I, I cannot believe I took the Redskins in that game. I I thought it was cool. It was, that was my worst bet of the year. Uh, it was really just that easy take Daniel Jones and all the momentum against a deflated, demoralized and tired Washington team. Somehow I ended up picking the Redskins thinking that was the smart pick. It was not,
0: that was the worst pick of the year I've had easily. Yeah. I mean, I was riding Daniel Jones, so I'm on it. So, uh, Mr. Model, would you care to give us a rundown of our picks from last week? I would. So before I even go to the picks, let me give you the current
1: standings. In first place, Ryan, the man, you are in the first place with seven points. You have four wins, four losses. You are still doing pretty well with your key pick. Didn't get it uh, this past week, but you're leading. Uh, not too far behind you is me. I have six points. Also four and four. Haven't been as good with my key picks, um, but right there behind you and Coulter. You had a phenomenal week last week. You made a big jump. You're at four points. You have three wins and five losses, so not too far behind. Okay, so for the picks last week, Coulter, you went 2-0. and You got your non-key pick correct. You had taken Jacksonville plus three and a half over your own Denver Broncos. How dare you do that? <laughs> uh, that was a win. And then you had gotten your key pick correct as well. Cleveland plus seven and a half over Baltimore was a nice one.
2: I looked Cat. long and hard at your model, and it I just could not flinch on that Jaguars pick. I must have looked at your spreadsheet for at least a good solid half hour on Sunday morning, and I just kept saying, no, I know my team. I know they're not good. These Broncos are a catastrophe. They don't have anything going for them, and now they're losing players like Bradley Chubb. I'm telling you, keep fading this team. The ATS numbers don't lie. I said it last week. They're 6-23 and 23 now against
1: the spread in the last 29. Do not Bad. bet this team. They're not good. Bad. Bad, bad, bad. And I bet you were second-guessing at halftime, but those Jaguars came through and rolled in the second half, and it made you look real good. Yeah, that one <laughs> yeah. hurt. Uh, no fun that defense. Yeah. Kazla, you went one and one You had gotten your non-key pick correct. You had taken your New York football Giants. That's right, minus baby. Minus two-and-a-half over Washington. Good job by you. And then your key pick, I think for the first time we've started doing this, did not come through. Shocking. Yep. You had taken Indianapolis minus seven and a half over Oakland. Oakland ended up coming through and actually winning that game by seven. So that was a loss for you.
0: Yeah, I guess I can't uh, put my hat on my nickname of uh, key pick Casale anymore. So you yeah. going to have to earn that one back. <laughs> I, I think it's coming back this week. Don't worry. That's right. Uh,
1: and then last for me, I, I went Owen 2 I lost both of my picks. Uh, the first one, my non-key pick was um, in the opposite of what Coulter had picked with Denver and Jacksonville. I had taken Denver minus three and a half over Jacksonville, was 11 and a half time, and then it faltered in the second half. And then my non key pick, or then my key pick uh, also didn't come through Kansas City minus six and a half over Detroit. That was way closer than I would have liked, and Kansas City just eked out a win. Um, I was shocked at how well Detroit played there.
0: Yeah, I can't believe we're at this point with Detroit where, you know, they held with the Chiefs pretty much the entire game, I mean, they looked really good. I knew their defense would eventually come around under Patricia, but I didn't think they would be able to score with the Chiefs, and we saw them do that. That's just a team that I can't get a read on at all. Like, I don't even know if they're good.
2: You're talking about a team that tied Arizona, too, and Arizona is not good. I mean they, they really led us astray by tying Detroit week one. I mean, don't bet on Arizona either. (laughs) I took them in the pool last week and had to learn that lesson the hard way. This is as bad of a team as I thought it was. Their secondary is terrible and yeah, they have a little bit of fight in them, which some of these other really bad teams like Miami doesn't, but this is not a good football team talent wise in Arizona. And I think they're losing their slot receiver in Christian Kirk, that offense is going to be even worse, I think. And they're going to, struggle to stay in even games against at Cincinnati this weekend.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, Cincinnati is so bad too. Like I had considered making that um, one of my picks this week, just because I watched that Monday night game and they made, and you're wondering team.
2: how they can score, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Like I just don't see where, how they're putting up points. I mean, they've got offensive weapons, but they can't do anything. I mean, they look like an anemic offense without AJ green. And I don't even know if he's the difference. It just looks like they're completely lost in Cincinnati.
2: They'll, they'll get, they'll score some points against Arizona. I'm telling you, that's a high school defense right there. They're not good. And I can't, I can't believe I, I strayed away from everything I thought in the preseason, which was the Cardinals are bad. I said it to you
0: guys. And then I go ahead and back them at home against Seattle, like a fool. <laughs> Hey, it happens, man. Uh, okay, so let's jump right into week five. We've got a pretty good slate of games, uh, some pretty big spreads, actually, if you look across the board here. Uh, Coulter, let's start with you, our insider. Who is your first non-key pick?
2: You know, I hate to do this, and I haven't done it yet this year, but I'm going to go for it. I'll take the Rams on Thursday night, minus one and a half. They are the favorite. Oh, no, the Seattle's actually the favorite. I yeah. apologize. Give me the Rams and the points here. This line tells me that Vegas is showing no respect to Seattle's home crowd, which used to be the best in the NFL. This used to be an automatic three to four point spread if any team is going in there, not to mention a Rams team that just got beat at home by the Bucs. How is it not three? Vegas is telling me something. It's a schedule spot that I really enjoy here. I like Russell Wilson. And I don't like betting against him in this situation, but he came off whipping the Cardinals tail, which I just mentioned last week. Kingsbury has shown his true colors over the last two weeks. uh, And I don't think Arizona is being properly evaluated because of that early season cover uh, against both Detroit and Baltimore, the Baltimore game is an outlier. They settled for field goals and they should have scored touchdowns. The point of all this is being is Seattle is overinflated because of that Arizona win. Everyone in the public is thinking that this is a great Seattle team. They're not. The dogs have covered the last four weeks on Thursday night football. I think that trend continues. Um, Jared Goff, you know, we should talk about him right now. He did not look great against Tampa Bay, but you know what? This is the better overall roster in LA. And I think everybody can agree on that. They have the best player on the field in Aaron Donald. He's going to wreak havoc. He will neutralize Russell Wilson. If you neutralize Russell Wilson, what is Seattle's offense? I really, really, really just think that I'm getting the better overall roster, slightly better head coach, and the best assistant coach on the field, and that's defensive coach Wade Phillips. I really, really, really don't want to pick against Russell Wilson here, but you know what? When I see a talent discrepancy like this, and I'm getting points, and it's Thursday night, I'm going to take the Rams, and I'm going to trust Sean McVay to get the win
0: here. Yeah, I'm with you.
1: What do you think, Model? Model? You know, Chris Carson just texted me saying, "How dare you say Russell <laughs> Wilson is the only Seattle Seahawk on the on offense? How dare you,
0: Chris Carson, Wilson. listener of
1: the podcast?" All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm yeah, I'm totally with you here. My model is saying that this is uh, a slight favorite. Uh, Seattle wins this about by a half point. Um, I too am taking Los Angeles plus one and a half. I think this is going to be a closer game. I, I love where your head was at in terms of what. T- t- what kind of golf is going to show up here? Is it going to be the one who's played half decent in the past and can purely manage the game and get it out to his, uh, his receivers and playmakers Gurley, I know is a little banged up. We'll see how, how he shows up. But yeah, I like that. Uh, I like the Rams here uh, on Thursday night.
0: Yeah, I'm with you as well. I, I mean, you guys hit it perfectly. We have no idea what kind of Jared Goff is going to show up. He played like shit. I don't think that's a true assessment of his talent. I mean, I think he's not a great player, passer. I think, you know, last year maybe proved to him a benefit of being in the Sean McVay system another year, but I just can't see them losing this game. I think Seattle's a little overrated. You ever, I think has already forgotten that they struggled at home against the fucking Bengals, who we just said were absolutely anemic. I think the Rams are going to come back with this game just on a, on a mission, like something to prove a point that they are not that bad. Their defense gave up a ton of points. I mean, it was just a crazy sloppy game last week against uh, Tampa Bay. I'm with you. I think they're going to cover this game. Easy went out. Right.
2: Yeah, I didn't even bring in the Bengals part of that uh, into my my outlook here, but you're absolutely right. This is a team, again, the home field advantage. Vegas is telling you something with that 1.5. They're saying that this is not the same home team that we've been accustomed to throughout the middle part of this decade, which is a team that dominates at home and covers at home. And I just love the fact that I like putting my head, my mindset into, you're in a Las Vegas sportsbook, and there's 100 guys that are going to go punch a ticket. Out of those 100 guys – Who is actually betting on Jared Goff on the road on Thursday night? I bet 80 to 90 guys are betting Seattle blind just based on those things alone. They're not thinking about the Aaron Donald and the defensive advantage that L.A. clearly has in this game. I I like it. I I don't like betting on Thursday night, but I'm going to take this one and hope that uh, the Rams have my
0: back. All right. Mr. Model, who is your non-key pick? Yep. So I am going to go with the Cleveland Browns
1: plus three and a half against the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. So I've been not gonna lie. I've been surprised that the 49ers are one of the few undefeated teams left in the NFL. Jimmy G has been, uh, playing pretty decent, way better than what I would have expected. But uh, I still think Cleveland's going to eventually show up up here and start turning it around. And I think this is where they start. So my model has this game as a San Francisco 49ers win, but only by about two and a half points. So I do think that uh, there's a good chance that Cleveland covers here, if not wins outright. So I'm going to go ahead and take them. I'm going to get on board. It's not the biggest delta that I'm seeing compared to the lines, but uh, I just like the spot here for Cleveland.
0: They're another team that I can't really get a read on. I mean, they go into Baltimore last week and just blow the doors off of a, what I, I thought was a pretty good Ravens team. But I just they're so up and down. And San Fran, I think, is an anomaly. They, they shouldn't be. I think they're the only undefeated team in the NFC. They're the they, number
2: one seed right now. Right? Yeah. I sent you guys that graphic <laughs> this morning. I was like, what is going on here?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's it's crazy. You, I just never know what you're going to get with San Fran. Um so um, I have this game as i I'm picking Cleveland here as well, but it's, it's one that I just don't have a good read on.
2: Yeah. I don't think Jimmy G has faced a great pass rush in these first three weeks of the season. And I think that's something to watch out for here. I think Cleveland gets pressure and when Garoppolo has hands in his face, he's not the same quarterback. I saw it in the preseason. When my Broncos put pressure on him. He looked like a high school quarterback. I think if Cleveland gets to him early and they get up, I think it's harder for, uh, San Francisco to come from behind that most people think. And also talk about deceptive scores. They beat Tampa Bay in the first week of the season with two pick sixes. That's how they got margin on the road in that week. One game. There is not much impressive about their resume at three uh, and zero, and you know what? The Browns won for me last week as a best bet to see them throttle. Really reassured my analysis on not only that team, but also on the Ravens. Uh, so I was really spot on. I had that game marked down in my preseason as a statement game for Cleveland, as what the season is being hyped up. As I saw it as a, a road spot for them to make a statement against a division rival, and they did just that. So I really am happy that they lived up to that expectation, and I'm glad I could cash in on it. I think they have another great spot here against San Fran on a Monday night. They embarrassed themselves on Sunday night football on a national stage against the uh, Rams two weeks ago. I think they want to get back and show people that this is a team that's going to contend for the postseason. I don't love the coaching matchup. I like Shanahan more than Kitchens, and I think most people do. But I'm going to go with the Browns. I like the models analysis a lot there, and I just I just like the pass rush for Cleveland. I like Miles Garrett, and I I don't know. There's something about San Francisco that seems a lot uh,
0: very fake. Uh, after the first three weeks, yeah, I'm with you there. All right, for my pick, I originally had a different one that I was going to say for this. Okay, and I'll let you know I had New England. I was going to pick them we until <laughs> we looked at the model and uh, Mr. Model. When I'm done here, I'll have you just chime in to give us a little sense of uh, what the model's saying on this game. But my trend for this week, I was picking against. Really bad teams. And it's just something that I can't avoid. So if I'm not picking that game, what I am picking is the L a chargers at home against Coulter's hapless Broncos. There you go. I mean, they lost at home to Gardner Minshew. The chargers are a better offense. They've got Melvin Gordon coming back. Phillip rivers is uh, you know, he plays really well at home. There are a team in in the chargers that have been kind of up and down. I haven't had a great read on them, but I think having Gordon and Eckler gives them their offense, a really crazy dynamic in the backfield. I just can't see a way that Denver can a stop the chargers or B score with the chargers. So I think this is a pretty easy pick for me.
2: I'll add in two more cents here. Ingram Bosa, they are going to crush the Broncos offensive line, which has just been mismatched every week so far this season. This I circled in the preseason as my fear game that Joe Flacco will not be playing after this week. He made it through Chicago and he made it through Jackson, Jacksonville. Luckily, I don't know if he's going to make it through this game against uh, the Chargers. I think they're going to get a lot of pressure on him. Denver's offense is just atrocious. Uh, they have had a blown bright spot as Cortland Sutton. Uh, but they are just not a good offense. The offensive line is really bad. The schemes are terrible. I don't like our offensive coordinator and who likes Joe Flacco at this point? Uh, definitely I full agreement with me.
1: And I'm right. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I have this line set, uh, based on the model of six and a half, which is exactly what we're seeing in the competition that we're doing. So essentially it's a coin flip. I come down on the side of the, the Chargers as well, simply because of some injuries, the performance of the Broncos, I just don't see it happening that they're going to cover this. I wouldn't be shocked to see if L.A. wins this by seven or more for sure. So I like that
0: side. Yeah, I could see that as a potential uh, double-digit win there. So, All right, let's move to the money pick, gentlemen. Mr. Insider Coulter, who is your key pick?
2: You know, I kind of danced around them in a couple of these different games here, but I'm going to go with the Bucks. Plus three and a half at at New Orleans. I I'm in love with the Tampa Bay run defense right now. And that's the strength of the New Orleans offense. And without the run offense, I don't know what New Orleans can do. They only put up 12 against uh, Dallas on Sunday night. I was watching that game. That offense stinks. Alvin Kamara is the lone workhorse. And I think Tampa Bay is really good defensively up front under coach Todd Bowles. He is one of the best assistant coach hires this offseason. Bruce Arians did a great job bringing him in from the Jets, and he has really, really turned around this Tampa defense, which is just downright terrible last year. Uh, Another keynote here, Tampa plays New Orleans well in New Orleans, which most teams do not. Two and two in their last four. Yeah, that's only 500. That's straight up, though. Not a lot of teams can say they've won in New Orleans half the times they've played there in the last four outings. It's a tough place to play. Tampa gets it done. Teddy Bridgewater, as I just mentioned, hasn't shown me anything. I faded him two weeks ago and got burned, but that was the the Saints defense and special teams that burned me. That could happen again here, but one key point again, Bucks lost on a missed field goal against the Giants a couple weeks ago. This could be the hottest team in the league without that missed field goal. They'd be riding a three-game win streak into this game. I think this team believes in itself, and most importantly, my favorite part of this handicap, I just threw out five points why I like Tampa Bay. I didn't mention Jameis Winston once. He's a wild card as always, but you know what? If he's not factoring into my analysis, that's a good thing. I think Tampa Bay has every, every edge all over the field.
0: Interesting. Wow. What do you got (laughs)
1: model? Oh man. I got the exact opposite. I'm on New Orleans here. Uh, The spread that I'm seeing for them is that they think New Orleans is going to win this game about by about four and a half or five points. The spread that we're seeing in the competition is three and a half. So therefore I have a, just over a point differential there. I agree with you. I don't, I don't love Bridgewater. Um, I had taken Dallas last week and he ended up squeaking out of cover. uh, They actually won. They beat Dallas last week. So that one hurt me. Um, I'm not sure he can do it again. I'm certainly not convinced that they're going to be a high powered offense like they are when they have breeze, but I'm just landing purely with my model here. I'm going to go ahead and take the home team and I'm going to go with the saints and see if they can uh, come through again.
0: And Coulter, you made a really good point about Todd Bowles. That's just yet another example of a great coordinator, but not a good head coach. This is really interesting for me because I think the game against the Cowboys showed me a lot. I mean, obviously, it was a defensive battle. Teddy Bridgewater did not play well, but they eked out a win. I just think Dallas is a better team than Tampa Bay. So much so to the point, Coulter, I'm actually having this as my key pick. I'm picking oh. the Saints. I have the Saints in this game. Oh, I, mean, I like it. crossfire. Yeah, direct, direct crossfire is you. Um, I just think, like I said, their defense is playing really good. Dallas' offense is better than Tampa Bay's offense. I know Tampa Bay just put up a shit ton of points against the are Rams. Sh-
2: but hold on. Are we sure that which offense is better? You're saying Dallas is better than Tampa Bay? Yeah. Amari Cooper has a sprained foot. Michael Gallup is out. And Jason Witten, their tight end, is 50. I don't think Dallas's offense is better than Tampa Bay's. I think Tampa Bay has Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. That's the best one two in the league right now. And they've got O. J. Howard, who's a fully healthy tight end, who's gonna be a difference maker that LA did not have against New Orleans, and neither did Dallas last week. I loved I love Tampa Bay's
0: offense. All right. Okay. I like just Zeke Elliott is just a game changer. It opens up their offense so much. I just don't see, you know, what did he do? The, what did you do the other night though? He had 16 carries for 18 yards at one point. I think he was terrible. No, he didn't play well. I give you that, but I also don't see Tampa Bay's offense having the ability to score. If Dallas's offense couldn't score. I mean, that's just my take on this game, but obviously I'm just not buying into Tampa Bay. I think it was a couple of anomalies there. I think new Orleans playing at home is a big advantage for me. They typically play really well in this game or not this game at home, I should say, but I just something about them, man. I, I just can't see them losing this game at home. I'm, I'm totally bucking conventional wisdom, by the way. I just realized I'm,
2: I'm going against Seattle and new Orleans at home. These are two <laughs> These are two of the best home teams in football. With that said, I bucked conventional wisdom last week with the Browns and Jaguars and it did work. So I don't, I don't love going against the saints at home. They obviously have a huge home field advantage, but I just think Tampa Bay is in the right spot and I don't know. There's something about Teddy Bridgewater. How can he cover three games in a row? This guy's not good. <laughs> three games uh, yeah. in a row, I will issue an apology to our listeners, listeners next week because I just don't see that guy covering three straight times. We are right. Three straight times, let alone. I mean, this this guy, he's playing with uh, house money right now, beating Seattle and Dallas. The Saints, they're a mirage, I think.
0: Okay. This is going to be interesting. I'm excited to see oh, what happens and yeah. we'll talk about it next week. Mr. Model, who do you got? Yeah, I, I am. Thank goodness.
1: I'm staying from away from the, both of your guys' games where you have key pick going against key pick. I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens who are traveling to Pittsburgh this weekend. Baltimore is favored minus three and a half over Pittsburgh. My model has Baltimore as someone who's going to win this game by about six points, uh, just over six points. So that's a pretty good differential. That's a nearly a three point differential from what I'm seeing. I love them in this spot. I think they're going to be the better team. I know Mason Rudolph is going to be the starting quarterback for Pittsburgh. He actually had a phenomenal game last week. I think he was something like 24 for 28, but the Baltimore defense is very different beast than the Cincinnati Bengals defense. I think he's not going to play nearly as well. I am all over the Ravens here and I'm taking them minus three and a half.
0: And the key thing about Mason Rudolph, and he had a really good game in terms of completion percentage, but I think the stat was his average yardage per ball thrown was like 2.4 yards. So he's been doing a lot of the dinking and ducking and checking it down. But um, yeah, the Steelers defense came out looking like they were the Steelers from the seventies because they're playing the goddamn bangles. I think this is a big bounce back opportunity for the Ravens. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, they're just not that good. You know, they went in that game last week, Owen three. I mean, they have no offense. They can't get the ball to Juju. I just, I can't see them putting up a fight here. I'm, I'm with you on the Baltimore side of things. I think they bounce back and get a pretty big win.
2: I'm shocked that Pittsburgh is actually this big of an underdog at home. I think they have a, a huge home field advantage and that's, you know, it doesn't mean anything obviously as I just picked against Seattle and, and New Orleans <laughs> who who are great at home. I, I in the pool, I have Baltimore. I, and I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from the, the model here, uh, and I'm going to keep it with Baltimore. The one thing I will say about Pitt, though, is, again, they're getting a lot of points for your home underdog. And I I cannot think the only reason why Baltimore is getting that extra half point is because of Lamar Jackson looking as good as he did against a terrible, 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 terrible Arizona secondary in week two in a game that they barely, barely won and did not cover. And he looked great against a terrible Dolphins team too. I think Baltimore is overrated right now because of Lamar Jackson, at least with the bookmakers line, I'm going to stick with Baltimore. I like a lot of things about this team. I just don't like how much the public is all over Lamar Jackson's jockstrap. I mean, talk about a guy, he went from what would the preseason? Let's just throw it out a number. Where would you have ranked him in terms of quarterbacks? I had him at like 22, 23, all of a sudden People think he's in the top five. I I just, I don't think he's taken that leap.
0: Yeah. I mean, he has gotten a serious bump and I think he still has to prove it. You know, I think he's getting a serious advantage from the fantasy fans where he's just getting a ton of production on fantasy. But when you look at the quarterback comparison, it's him versus Mason Rudolph. So I'm tending to lean towards that. I don't think this is a guarantee by any, any stretch of the imagination, but you know, I just think they're going to bounce back a little bit and just the Steelers offense is not clicking right now.
2: Yeah, no. I, the Steelers' offense is terrible, and I'm gonna. I, I can't take Pittsburgh because they just don't. They don't impress me at all. I just am worried that the Lamar Jackson hype has gone out of control, and it showed. It's it reared its true colors last week against uh, a Cleveland, team that was reeling, and it goes and shows even in that game the coaching advantage was on Baltimore's side, but they couldn't even. It didn't matter because they got down. And we were talking about in the preseason, how does Baltimore come back from when they're behind? I don't see them getting behind in this game. That's why I'm taking Baltimore. But going forward, it's definitely something to pay attention to.
0: Yeah, I got to be honest. I was really tempted to ride the Daniel Jones bandwagon because Kirk Cousins sucks. I've been saying this forever.
2: I'm glad that you brought up Kirk Cousins. He was in my notes for the— for the recap of last week. How did I not take the bears in that game? So dumb. I mean, this is the league's, one of the league's worst starters playing against the league's best defense. What was I thinking?
0: Yeah, it's unbelievable. I think I saw a stat. He's like five and 24 against winning teams in his entire career. Like Uh, he's just, and I tweeted this out. He is the definition of an average quarterback. So I'm really curious to see if Daniel Jones can keep up the magic.
2: What does the model say about that Giants game? Because I was looking at New York as well.
1: Mr. Model. Uh, are, is that for this week? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Giants. Giants Vikings. Vikings.
0: So we have. Because. Why you might not see it. it. You could see in the Vikings offense last week. I mean, they're not on the same page when you got Adam Thielen calling out your starting Her quarterback pleasant, for not being able to fucking complete a pass. I mean, there was three or four times when, you know, he had guys not only open, but open on a deep pass for an easy touchdown that he couldn't even connect on. I think it's also important. we
2: talked about the first coach fired thing, and it's obviously clearly going to be Gruden Quinn and then O'Brien, I think is the third, but it, it should be mentioned here that uh, Mike Zimmer somehow was in the top 10 in the preseason odds. And he's one of the best coaches in the league. Clearly, Vegas is seeing something that we're also seeing, and that's the Vikings being a perennial underachiever with Kirk Cousins. You know what? If Zimmer takes the, if his head rolls before Cousins, I don't think that's fair, but it's worth noting that this is a team that might be in disarray, kind of like my Broncos, and it might be good to hop on that bandwagon and bet against them as quickly and as hard as you can while this team is still being overinflated in the public's mind. This team might not be good. This might be a team that's going to let a lot of people down here in the middle part of the season. Uh, They had a couple of early wins in the year against Atlanta who doesn't look good. Uh, You know, so think about who they've beaten and look at their team before you take them as a five and a half point dog on the road against a giants team who Saquon Barkley, they're saying might play. That's telling me that this giants team thinks that they can win this game straight up. If they're going to push Barkley back after just two weeks, it was originally supposed to be four to eight. They want him back because
0: they think they can win. I think, right? Yeah, that's the only thought. So, Mr. Model, what have you got for us, sir?
1: Yeah, so I'm seeing this game as a New York Giants loss by about four, four and a half points. Given that we had a five and a half spread in the competition that we're doing, I am, I'm actually on the Giants here. And I think what my model d- doesn't take into account is that the exactly like you guys said, some of the momentum and some of the excitement that they're starting to build around Daniel Jones, I think the spirit and the energy around the locker room is different. So, I'm actually not hesitating at all by seeing them as being slightly favored by my model, given that we have five and a half point spread here. And I'm taking them for sure this week against a
0: hapless Minnesota team that all I right. was on last week and paid the price. Some value. We I don't think the model factors in the shittiness of Kirk Cousins either. So, that needs to be accounted for. Uh, all right gentlemen, that is our week 5 picks. I think we got a good board. I think everyone's got some pretty good picks. Coulter, this is going to be much nice watching the this game. <laughs> yeah.
2: We had one other crossfire too. Is it week 3 or week 2? Aaron and I went head to head. I feel like on a game. I forgot who won. I think Aaron
0: probably did cuz I
1: It I just happened on the pod. Well, I think it just happened last week when you were on the
0: Jaguars and I was on oh, right. Denver. Okay, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And I was tempted uh, about the Oakland-Chicago game, but because that game is in London, I'm not even looking at it. So that game is off my board.
2: <laughs> you, you know what? I, I'm glad you brought that up. How the hell are the Bears' five-and-a-half-point favorites? How do they get margin with Chase Daniel? The offense is just befuddling to me. The over-under is only 40 points, I think, or 40-and-a-half. I, I kind of love Oakland. They're coming in with momentum. Yeah. I think I, Jay Gruden or or Nagy – or John Gruden or Nagy, who's the better coach that's a toss up in my book. I don't know. I don't not think Maggie's that great of a coach. I'm very tempted to take the points in London of all places too. I I just don't see it. I don't get how the bears are that big of a favorite with a backup
0: quarterback. It just doesn't make any sense. It is crazy. Well, all right, boys, that'll do it for this week. week number five, we will see everybody next week on double down trend. Maybe look at me, look at me, your money. You know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's um, who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. Fuck it is. All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.